Welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis. For over 130 years and 34 years before women had the right to vote, Avon has been empowering women to rewrite the rules for business success. Sparked by female entrepreneurship, each episode features spirited discussion with motivating, inspirational, and candid real-life stories and secrets to success and how to make it happen. Join us as industry power players share their personal success stories about embracing opportunities, embracing failures, trusting their gut along the way, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis, and on today's show, I'm thrilled to welcome to the studio the president and CEO of the National Domestic Violence Hotline, Katie Ray Jones. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Evie. Really, really excited to talk to you and um, have you here. And, you know, you have had a career-long dedication to providing resources and aid to survivors of domestic violence, and it's really remarkable. I think it's so important. I know our listeners agree that we shed light on this topic. So I would love it if you would just share a little bit more about your background and how you got started in this truly impactful line of work um, with all of our listeners. Yeah, I think I've had a really interesting career. I didn't set out going to college thinking that I was going to work on the issue of domestic violence. I feel like it really found me. I had the unique opportunity as an undergrad to work in a temporary restraining order clinic where I was placed by my college. And it was my first exposure really to the issue of domestic violence. I was always walking with this information that was instilled in me by my parents that you know, men should not hit you. You should be treated with respect. But it was in that clinic where I began to work face to face with women who had been physically abused and were seeking restraining orders against their partner. I thought I was going to go and be a therapist and work on family issues. And in my graduate work, I was again placed in a domestic violence program, providing therapy and support groups to victims of domestic violence and their children. And I just fell in love with this ability to be able to hear women's stories and walk with them on that journey when they make a choice to break free from the violence or they find that hope and power inside of themselves to envision a different life. And it feels like throughout my career, when I've even tried to step away from the issue, somehow it continues to come back to me. And I think I found my home at the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Sounds like a, a true calling when you know you weren't even looking for it and the door kind of opened and you've always been pulled back into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have been on this career path for, and I hope I can say this and it's okay, for more than 20 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, what, you, what, what is it that you found like most rewarding and most um, fulfilling about assisting the survivors of domestic violence? Yeah, I think, you know, there's so many unique stories that I've had the opportunity and feel really blessed to have been a part of uh, women's journeys in their choices and how they're working to change their life, break free. But I think when I think about the National Domestic Violence Hotline, so many times when I listen to phone calls and we're confidential, so we don't have a lot of information about the person on the other line and they certainly don't know us. And so we're a stranger. And oftentimes, when someone calls in, you hear the hopelessness in their voice, um, the sadness and feeling like they're all alone. And we have an amazing team of advocates who sometimes it's a woman laughing on the phone. 
makes me want to cry right now. Mm-hmm. It's just incredibly amazing to know that strangers can connect over something so personal and we can make a difference and we can help someone envision a life that's different than what the person that tells them that they love them is telling them that they deserve. Wow. I mean, there are so many, um, so many layers to that and um, it's incredibly rewarding, but also just um, um, humbling, right? To hear what somebody else is going through Mm -hmm. and, and to be part of what lifts them up and brings them that hope. Absolutely. I think, you know, Again, every woman's story is so unique and advocates walk, I like to say they walk in the fire with individuals Mm. who are reaching out for help because their stories are incredibly complex. They have lots of challenges and we're problem solving with them. We're supporting them, whatever their decision is, even if it's at that moment, they're not ready to leave their relationship. We're walking with them and giving them tips on how to stay safe tonight um, until they're ready to leave, if they are ever ready to leave. And so we work to be non judgmental and supportive and make sure that someone always knows you're not alone. Yeah. So, I mean, throughout this journey, it sounds like you've worn a lot of different hats in this experience, but you have been the CEO of the National Domestic Violence Hotline for more than four years now. So, what's been the favorite part of that job specifically? You know, you spoke to us about the holistic experience of, of being in this channel, but what's been your favorite part? And also on the flip side of that coin, you know, what are some of the challenges you faced? I can only imagine. And how did you overcome those? You know, I think the most rewarding part of working at the hotline is having this amazing team from advocates to our board of directors. I get to interact with staff all day who are incredibly passionate about what they're doing. And they share these amazing stories of these interesting contacts where the call came in and it felt like we didn't know what we were going to do. And then, you know, they found a local church who opened up um, a savings account and they were giving money to get someone to a shelter you know, two hours away. There's just these really that you can really connect to the goodness of the world when you're struggling through something. Mm. And so I think that's been incredibly rewarding. Um, and then I think, you know, challenges in terms of this issue of domestic violence. I mean, you're right. There are many. Um, but I think as our organization, knowing that every day we receive you know anywhere from 1,600 to 1,800 contacts wow. of people needing help, we're not able to get to all of those individuals every day just due to a lack of resources. So I think the most challenging part for us is, one, trying to raise the funds to be able to provide, you know, the support when someone finds the courage to make that call for help, to be able to find the support that we have to ensure someone's there to answer it. And then I think the other piece is always constantly being, you know, remembering the people we're not getting to. So I have the voices of the women who've called, and I always think, what if we would have missed her call? Um, And I know that that weighs heavily on our advocates as well. And so I think that's just the big challenge of the nature of this issue is so pervasive with one in four women and one in seven men Mm -hmm. experiencing physical violence in their lifetime, that it is a huge challenge to think of how are we going to get to everyone who needs who needs help. Wow. Yeah, I can I can only imagine, right, because you have that mindset of you want to help as many people as you possibly can. And having that understanding that you can't always, but it doesn't mean it doesn't devalue the work that you're doing. And that's an incredibly important perspective. And hopefully, you know, the help that you're giving people allows them to potentially be that advocate that I love what you said, you know, walks in the fire (laughs) with the people who are in the situation. Um, You know, that's a really strong statement. And, you know, Avon, 
we we call ourselves the company for women. We make life beautiful for women everywhere. And through that, you know, we're very committed to empowerment and well-being of women and, of course, of their families. So this year, the National Domestic Violence Hotline alongside Avon and the Avon Foundation for Women we joined forces with financial expert Susie Orman to produce a video series that featured really inspirational stories of women overcoming domestic violence, including one of the least discussed forms of abuse, which is financial abuse. And I think it's really important that people understand that abuse can come in in so many different forms. And so I would love it if you would tell us a little bit more about this video series and why this in particular is so impactful in today's society. I think we, as an organization, were incredibly blessed to meet the team at Avon. Um, When we were thinking about the complexities around domestic violence and being challenged by the misconception that domestic violence is only physical violence, but knowing the stories we were hearing from so many women and men around sexual abuse and digital abuse and emotional abuse, and then we were hearing about this layer of financial abuse. And some research had come out that was showing that people who were in abusive relationships, over 95% of them had financial abuse Mm. happening. But it's not something that people typically talk about as violence. Um, And so it was incredible to be able to sit with the Avon team and think about what is a project that we can do together to increase awareness over financial abuse, and then thinking about the values of Avon and how there was a lot of synergy there, that this really felt like it was a match made in heaven for us to tackle this together. And Avon had had a partnership with Susie Orman in the past, and they made a phone call and she was like, I'm in, I'm all in. And it went incredibly quickly. Um, It was really amazing. Usually these things take time to build and kind of dream together. But we had a phone call and between Susie Orman, the hotline and Avon, it was a dream session. And we created this video series with seven survivors and we filmed them over a day. And Susie Orman is interviewing them on their stories. And I think the most The biggest takeaway that we had was how many of those women who have left their relationships, many of them are in incredibly healthy relationships now. When Susie asked them, when did you know that you had encountered financial abuse? Many of them said, I didn't know until a few days ago when Mm. you all called me about being interviewed. Oh, my gosh. Because it's not something we typically label as a form of abuse. And I mean, these if the the video series, which can be um, accessed on the hotline.org, really illustrates that um, these incredibly complex, unique stories of these seven women from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, experiences, had this level of abuse happening that felt very discreet to them. Um, And I think oftentimes, you know, as women, we're okay if the man's managing the finances and you know, we're just going to let them make the decisions. But that is really a place where we can continue to educate ourselves and say, no, I should know exactly what's happening because that is a, really a strong way that perpetrators are using finances to keep people in the relationship. Yeah. And I think with everything that's happening in like today's society, right, I think this is probably even more on message, right? right. Because I think um, a, a lot of people think that they're impervious to various levels of abuse. But just to your point that these women didn't know that they had been victims of that until the phone call to Mm -hmm. participate, um, I just find so fascinating. Do you do you encounter that a lot with various victims? 
We do. You know, I think one of the incredible things we hear at the hotline is when a woman will call and she'll often say, well, this is happening. Um, There's a lot of emotional abuse happening. But she's like, well, he's not hitting me, so I'm not sure I need to call you. And it's sometimes those other forms of abuse, financial abuse included, there's so much fear associated around those forms of abuse. There's They're feeling like paralyzed to make any decisions or move or feel like this is okay because he hasn't hit me yet. Right. And we're really trying to say no form is okay. Everybody deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. And in healthy relationships, there's open communication. You're sharing resources and you can say what you want to say and not be fearful of mm-hmm. that outcome of what's going to happen when you do that. And so I think this is really an opportunity for women to hear and, and men as well about those complexities around this issue so that they can understand, like, nope, this is not okay to be treated this way, and I want to reach out and connect with someone around right. a different life. Right. And so what's some of the great advice that you, because you were there firsthand, that you heard from Susie Orman in this experience that you think might be helpful to share with our listeners? Know your credit rating. Um, <laughs> I think that was number one, um, and it makes a lot of sense. We, we've we been hearing from a lot of women um, who their abusive partner opened credit in their name and ruined their credit so they couldn't go and even get an apartment, even if they wanted to leave, um, or racked up a lot of debt and they can't pay the bills. So knowing your credit score, I think, is a good step that everyone can can take to know and be watching your credit because it's such an important piece of your financial independence. And then making sure that you know what your finances look like. Certainly, if you're in a relationship and you don't have access to your bank account or savings or any financial information that you might have, having access to that is incredibly important because we hear so many stories where you know, the woman tried to leave and then the husband wiped out the bank account and she was left with no financial resources. So making sure that you have those protections in place. Right. Wow. Yeah. I um you know, we have a lot of um, listeners who are Avon representatives and also many who aren't. And um, a lot of uh, a lot of our topics focus on entrepreneurship and, um, you know, kind of taking control of your life, make it happen, right? right? Speaks to making things happen for yourself and for your family. And so what about for those who um, who are kind of running their own financial lives but may be abused in other ways, for example, being taken advantage of or to your point, you know, having credit cards opened, you know, mm-hmm. are, are there resources for them as well? Absolutely. So we encourage everyone to visit the hotline.org. There's a lot of information around all forms of abuse and tips of things that you can be doing to either be planning about your future. And of course, if you're feeling like you're in a crisis situation or you know someone who might be suffering in silence, our main caller type is victims and survivors, but our next is family and friends, mm. coworkers who are calling on behalf of someone else. So don't hesitate to call the hotline or chat with us through our website to be able to get information because, again, every woman's situation is incredibly unique and our advocates are trained to help develop plans around those qualities. You know, I, that's super helpful and I hope that everybody, if you wouldn't mind just repeating, it's the hotline.org, the hotline.org. I think, you know, one of the beautiful things about Avon is we have this amazing community. We call it a sisterhood, right? You know, a, a amazing hundreds of thousands of women um, who really have each other's backs. And also there are some very good men in this community too. And, you know, I think that some of our listeners probably either may have been impacted by whether it be physical abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse themselves, or know someone, you know, I know that this sisterhood really loves to take care of, you know, the family mm-hmm. and, and connect with these people and make sure that they know. So 
what what's the first step that someone should take in one of these hard situations? You know, you mentioned coworkers, you mentioned extended family. Family, I I can imagine that sometimes it's equally as hard for the support system as it might be for the person in the situation because sometimes you just have to really tread lightly, especially because you mentioned earlier people aren't necessarily ready to either accept or realize or leave or what have you. So what are what's the first step that someone should take in that situation? Yeah, and whether you're suffering or know someone who is, getting educated is the first step and not feeling like you have to make a lot of decisions at once. It is a process. So being able to visit the hotline.org, go through the website, get some information. If you are a support person, the biggest piece of advice I would give is to be non-judgmental. Um, typically, victims and survivors are carrying a lot of shame and guilt mm-hmm. over what's happening in the relationship and the abusive partner is telling them it's all their fault. So it's incredibly important that anyone who's in a support position is going to be non-judgmental. And recognizing that on average, a woman will go back and forth in and out of the relationship almost seven times before she leaves for good, that as that support person, that be, prepare, be prepared for that, right? Because you're going to be that support person. And, and the greatest risk we run is when a support person says, you know, I'm done. I can't handle this anymore. You keep going back. It is exactly what the abusive partner is hoping will happen. Isolation Mm. is one of the biggest forms of control that's being used in abusive relationships. So be patient. Um, And that's why the hotline is also a beautiful organization, because if you're that support person, you're getting frustrated, call and talk to an advocate and they can give some tips of ways that you can support your friend or loved one, coworker. You're not in it alone, whatever, whatever your role might be. Yeah, that's um, that's incredibly helpful. And those statistics are a little frightening. I mean, seven times on average. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, isolation obviously is like probably the scariest thing that anybody can go through. And it makes sense that that's kind of the direction of the abuser. And so just making sure to, you know, do what our community does here, which is just have each other's backs and be supportive and be there for them. Um, I think that's an incredibly important tip. So curious, um, you know, question for you about your aspirational goals that you have for the hotline to meet, like in the short term and also in the long term? You know, how would you like to see what you do progress there? And how would you like to see the hotline grow? Yeah, I think for us as an organization, we have a lot of dreams of ways that we could be having an impact on anyone who might be suffering um, right now. So certainly we want to be able to add more staff to the organization. As I said earlier, it's important to us that when someone reaches out for help, we're there to answer. So we do need more staff. Mm -hmm. The issue is so pervasive. And then, you know, I think we just see incredible opportunity to continue to educate around the complexities of the issue and then think about healthy relationships and how important it is that we know what a healthy relationship looks like. And as you know, parents, teachers, coaches, being able to have that information so that we can educate young people about those healthy relationships so that they recognize when something feels off, we can have them walking with that information before we're thinking about intervention mm-hmm. with young people. And the rates of, of violence amongst teens are one in three. So we are really in a place where education and speaking about healthy relationships is critically important if we want to end domestic violence. And then I think our long-term goal is to put ourselves out of business. I mean, that's really (laughs) what we would like to do. This is an issue that we can end. It's preventable. And so we're working to put as much information in the hands of as many people as we can and really hopefully position people who aren't necessarily advocates, but again, those support people 
to be able to feel like they can have those conversations because this is America's dirty secret that we don't talk about. And we're hoping to shed light on it and make sure people understand the dynamics so that they feel comfortable telling someone, I really care for you. If you ever need me, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And thinking of ways we can continue to uplift people, as you said. I mean, that's we never know people's stories and what's happening behind closed doors, which is how domestic violence shows is behind closed doors. And so it's an opportunity to always pump people up and make them believe, help them believe in themselves because mm-hmm. there could be someone at home who's telling them the complete opposite. Absolutely. And I, um, what you said about, you know, you never really know what's happening behind closed doors. Like you never really know what someone's day is like, right? You're not, hap- uh, you know, experiencing it with them and just to not make those assumptions. One thing you said, and I, my next question was going to be about, you know, who this impacts. And you said one in three um, and teenagers are experiencing this. You know, Avon, we have generations upon generations of women. We're over 130 years old. And so we have this amazing legacy. And so we actually have some teams in our sales force that are great grandmothers, grandmothers, mothers, and daughters together in a, in a sales team. And so I was going to ask, are you seeing it more prevalent in a certain age group? Is there an age group that's better at supporting each other than others? Um, And how can we get more people across all age groups kind of involved in this support? It's an interesting question. I think we're still trying to uncover exactly what's happening with young people, because typically young people will speak to other young people Mm -hmm. about what's happening. So we've been doing some work in some communities around healthy relationships. We started with high school and we found we were already really in an intervention space. We did some work in middle schools. We found we're already in intervention oh space. Wow. Um, and so now we're teasing with this idea of, you know, how do we get information in the hands of community members who are coming in contact with young people, thinking as early as fifth and sixth grade mm-hmm. before they're getting into relationships around, you know, healthy boundaries, healthy communication, so that we can get in front of it. We all play a part in this. It's not, you know, just that population over there that needs to tackle this. It's women, men, children, whoever is, you know, as a community, we just need to be talking about relationships and Mm -hmm. how we can, you know, I tell people I used to be a preschool teacher and we used to say all the time, hands are not for hitting and use your words. Um, So relevant in relationships, right? And we don't usually talk about it once they leave preschool, but so relevant. Like how do we we can say that to adults all the time? We should, right? Absolutely. It's like (laughs) use your words. And so being able to really talk about that um, with boys and girls, Mm -hmm. um, because it takes two. And so we want people to know like the expectations around healthy relationships, but we need young boys and young men to know as well what that looks like so that we can create those healthy dynamics. So what if someone wants to get involved, they want to volunteer? One of the things that you said was that, you know, you you are under-resourced as much as you'd love to put yourself out of business and have this no longer be an issue. Right now it is. So if someone wants to assist, to volunteer, how can they get involved? So the hotline um, connects with shelters all across the country who are also challenged with staff and resources. So if you're in a local community and you want to connect with your shelter program, you can call the hotline and we will tell you your local program in your area where you can volunteer. Um, At the hotline, we're headquartered in Texas, so we don't have this great ability for everyone across the country to be able to help provide services yet, but that is coming in the next year and a half. So please follow us because we will have this opportunity for people across the country to be able to be advocates and provide critical services to people all across the United States and U.S. territories. And then I think, you know, being able to donate, if you have the ability to do that, every little gift makes a huge difference in the lives of someone. At the hotline, it's $20 to answer a call, chat and text. You can go to our website and donate. So 
make a difference. Great. So much really powerful information here. And I think so much that will resonate with um, not just our representatives, but all of our listeners, because I think, um, you know, everyone in some way, shape or form has been touched by this and, you know, has either witnessed it or experienced it themselves. And I think it sounds like there are just so many resources out there, but also so many other issues that maybe people aren't aware of. So you're really bringing light to that so people can eventually put you out of business, which <laughs> I just I love that so. you said it that yeah. way. I would love it. Um, yeah. So I have a few rapid fire questions that I like to end the show with. Um, if, if you're game, maybe add Always just game. a little bit of levity to a, a little bit of a heavier topic. So because we are Avon, what is your favorite lipstick color that makes you feel empowered? Like you can just take on the day when you wear it. It's usually a bold pink, I think, is makes me feel really empowered and strong as a woman. Um, I actually have uh, Bella on the Mark brand that I like to wear um, only because I do a lot of talking all day. Having something that stays on for a long period of time is, awesome. also makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> I'm not worried in the middle of a conversation if my lipstick has come off. So yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, sometimes when you're just like having the worst day in the world, just like a bold lip can make all of the difference and make you feel Absolutely. like you can like take on a room. Um, so next up, if you had a theme song, what would it be? If I had a theme song, that is a tough one. And only thing that's coming in my head right now because someone said it today and I was like that should be my theme song uh, is you don't own me and um, which is so it. relevant to my work and job um, and feel like every woman needs to hear that song on a daily basis um I love that it's so serendipitous that someone said that to you earlier today and this yeah. happened to be one of the questions yeah. so that's so perfect Worked and well um it's very aligned with your business and your line of work and I Absolutely. think everyone should hear that song so I perfect agree. I agree and last but not least Next travel destination, but for fun, not business, but for fun. I had an easy one if it would have been for work. I know, um, but those don't count. For people yeah. like us who travel all the time for work, I can't give you that one. <laughs> um, I don't actually have anything planned, but if I was able to create my dream spot, um, I am a Disney fan. And so whenever we go on vacation, I have three boys and we <laughs> take them to Disney World. So awesome. that would probably be the next spot. I love it so much. That's so fantastic. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming here today, for sharing all of this incredibly important information with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Evie. And just please know all of us can make a difference in someone's life um, in very simple steps. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And um, if you want more information on the National Domestic Violence Hotline, you can go to thehotline.org. And for our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and at www.avon.com slash podcast. And you can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.